to 80313 today. That's rewards to 80313. Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago, will join me in about uh, about 15 minutes. We'll talk all things NBA. It's going to be an NBA-centric program because a lot going on here. Rob's going to talk about his Bulls, who he covers for a living. Zach Levine, probably going to be a free agent, probably wants to re-sign with the Bulls. What are the odds that that's going to happen? Because Bulls had a pretty darn good year, had some injuries, including some injuries to Zach Levine, but he's fully healthy. They've got DeMar DeRozan. They've got uh, Ball, Lonzo Ball. They've got Alex Caruso. They got a lot of dudes, man. They got a lot of dudes. And if they can keep Zach Levine, are they a contender in the East? I would say yes. I would argue yes. The Bulls are a contender with the Nets and with the Celtics and with the Bucks. I'd put the Bulls up there with a lot of those teams. John Wall going to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. He has given back $6.5 million. What a big heart he has. He didn't play one game, one minute for the Houston Rockets last season. He was a healthy scratch. They are rebuilding, but they were stuck with a $47.4 million contract. Well, in order to get his free agency, he gave them back $6.5 million. What a, what a generous guy. So basically he made $40.9 million without having to lace them up. He'll be with the Clippers. Kyrie Irving opted in with the Brooklyn Nets. No surprise here. I don't know why we thought he was going to take $6 million and go to the Lakers instead of opting in for $36.5 million with the Nets. I know he's, he's uh, sort of different. I know he's crazy. He averaged 27.4 last year in 29 regular season games. Didn't get the vaccination. As far as we know, he's never gotten a vaccination. Had to miss half of the Brooklyn Nets home games. But when he plays, he's really, really good. So we'll talk to Rob about all of that stuff. Uh, ACC football has come out with a new model for the 2023 season. You don't have divisions anymore. Everybody's in the same division. And Louisville has three primary opponents that they will play every year. I'll tell you who those are. That's called a tease a little bit later in the show. And a big NIL deal in Miami. I'll get to that. The NCAA certainly didn't expect these payouts to get this high. Let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline. Bring in David. He's first up today. David, how are you? Yeah, thanks for taking my call, John. Sure. Um, you know, about this uh, NBA and what's going on, I know as far as just like with uh, Kentucky this year, it was just uh, Sharp and uh, Washington this year. Was that, is that correct on That's that? correct. Two first-rounders. Okay. And where do they both end up? Uh, if you could, well, you know, Ty Ty Washington is going to end up in uh, in Houston. He was drafted by Memphis, but he's going to end up in Houston. And Shaden Sharp, I got it written down, David. I've got to look. Because, okay, sure. Because I don't remember anything at my age. He, Portland. Portland took uh, Shaden Sharp with the seventh pick um, in the draft. So, that's a, that's, again, that's a wild card. That's a guy that you haven't seen right, play since be, high yes. school basketball. Mm-hmm, because, you know, the fact that, you know, Sharp did not play a single minute this season, and you know Kentucky fans, I'm sure, 
are you know are are, are still you know having a hard time with it. Is yeah, I correct? think they're going to hold a grudge here. They're not just going to blame yeah. Shaden Sharp either. John Calipari's on the hook for this a little bit as well. If you remember, he did the same thing with Hamadou Diallo years ago. Brought him in in, right. in December, early January. He enrolled. He didn't play that season. Right. With the knowledge that he was going to come back and play the next year, which he did, got drafted. Which he did, yes. Got mm-hmm. drafted in the first round, was with Oklahoma City, I believe, last year, had a pretty good season. But that this was different because we assumed, and Big Blue Nation assumed, Shaden Sharp was going to come mm-hmm. back and play for a season. And then right toward the end of the year, you started hearing rumblings. Well, let's see how, maybe if he's projected a lottery pick, um, you know, and all of a sudden his mom and dad weren't so so sold on Kentucky basketball being the thing he should do next season. And it, it turned out the way mm-hmm. we, we kind of saw it was going to turn out pretty quickly there. The the, uh, the mood changed around the program pretty quickly. Oh, it sure did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know that, and you're not, I'm, I'm sure that, wasn't it like when, when the injuries were, you know, like I said, were, uh, um, I'm trying to think of who it was that, uh, well, Kellen Grady had to play more. Grady had plantar fasciitis that. in his foot. Severe Willer, of course, yeah. got knocked down a couple of times. I mean, uh, Ty Ty Washington, uh, you know, yes. against, I think it was Florida, got landed on on that leg, and he was really never the same the rest of the year. And th- those yeah, guys, that's true. Those he guys was. gutted yeah. it out, but, boy, wouldn't it have been nice to have a guy that was going to be a lottery pick that could come in and help yeah. against, oh, I don't know, let's say St. Peter's. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. That's St. Peter's because it just seemed like when you felt like you know Kentucky maybe would, you know, you know, secure the game with St. Peter's. St. Peter's made their, you know, they yeah. they they just kept charging. You know, it happened and, and when they played them. And, and I don't blame Shaden Sharp here. The easy thing to do is to say, right. "Oh, what a selfish kid." If you're going right. to be the seventh pick in the draft, you go. It's really that simple. Yes, it is life changing money yeah, for him and his family. Right? Yeah, it's life-changing money for him and his family, and you got to take that. And I'm sure he yeah. went and he worked out for all of these teams. So Portland kind of knows what they're getting. I still think it's a ch- you're taking a bit of a chance, but uh, I think so. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a educated chance that they're taking. Portland definitely right. all these teams they do their due diligence, as they like to say. Yeah, the summer league that's going to be starting. What probably this coming weekend, as far as when they'll like the players that'll try out. I went for... to some summer league games last year. Tony and myself uh, took a trip to Vegas. Actually, went to some summer league games. It's it's gotten big time out there, and it's not expensive. Oh, yeah. You yeah, go. That's, that's why I was wondering when that was starting because you know, every packed. now and then I'll find something um, broadcast yeah. on you know. They'll be on the ESPN NBA. And... NBA TV will carry a lot of the games. ESPN. Uh, two will carry a lot of the games, right? So, uh, and and you know what? You're getting higher quality players playing in these summer league games now. All of these rookies that you see, Jaden Ivey and uh, Keegan Murray, and the big three that got drafted one, two, three. For the most part, those guys will be playing in the summer league. So you you see yeah, a lot it, it, of stuff. It's very fascinating too, because you know it's just you know basketball that you know you just sort of just watch for fun and just sort of you know, relax on a, you know, just, you know, like I said, warm summer evenings or, or what we've yeah. got right now, or even if we get hot and they, you know, just stay in the air conditioning or whatever. But, you know, for, I'd say right now, what we've got right now, the weather, I, I could sure could use a summer league game tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah. It would be fun. And it, it's a, it's a it, very entertaining. And look, there are two hour games. There's two different oh, yeah. gyms at the Thomas and Mack center. There are two different gyms. 
So one game will start at one, then on the other gym, a game will start at two, then they'll go back to the other gym at three, and you can walk back and forth. It's great. It is fan. It, I'm sure a, it is. Yeah, it's fun yeah. and it's inexpensive. I couldn't believe how cheap it was. You're right, and, and, and that's a good thing about it. The games are not, you know, the games are, you know, they don't they don't drag out. You no, know, they do not. You know, like like the regular games have been dragging out, you know, through the seasons and the playoffs and and that, and you know, and, and, and one thing about it is sometimes you know you can find it where the maybe an analyst will, you know, maybe while the game's going on, they can talk to like the the team owners and things like that yeah. while the game's going yeah. on and. Nice little dialogues, you know, happen, you know. And you, and you get your too. first look at a lot of players that you expect to see in the league, and you also get a look at the guys. There are guys on teams you never heard of before. And every oh, once yeah. in a while they'll stand out, and you'll go, man, that's, this guy's got a, got a chance. And there are scouts everywhere. There are coaches everywhere. There are former coaches. I saw Bob Huggins at a game last year. There are, uh, you know, college coaches of these guys that want to go uh, support their players. Uh, it's a great time, but yeah, it starts up soon. Sure it I know it's a, it, and it's about a fourteen day summer league. That's that's the length right. of it, and mm-hmm. then they'll have a little tournament at the end. So it's a lot of fun. David, I appreciate your yep, call as is. always, my friend. Sure thing, yeah. Thank you, buddy. Uh, other NBA news: I mentioned Kyrie. He opted in for thirty six and a half million. He had no leverage here. He had no leverage. And what came out in the last couple of days, the Nets decided go ahead. Find a sign-and-trade if you can. I think the Nets are tired of him. I think the Nets, if they can, will still trade him. That's been the rumor this morning. Well, he opted in yesterday. They told him to go look for a sign-and-trade. There was only one team interested, according to reports. That was the Lakers. He was going to have to play for the $6 million mid-level exemption instead of playing for the Nets for $36.5 million. Now, I don't care what kind of principles you have, $30 million will change your principles in a hurry, right? I mean, I love doing, coming here and doing the show every day, but uh, somebody offers me five times the amount that I'm making here. I love you, Dugan, but uh, I don't love you that much, right? $30 million he was going to give up to go play for the Lakers. Now, The rumor today is maybe they can still trade him to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook, by the way, put a video on Twitter today, on his Instagram as well, of himself driving down the road singing to a new Beyonce song. He is singing along. He's happy as a lark. We found out why about an hour later when it was announced that Russell has opted into his $47 million with the Lakers. Good luck, Laker fans, this year. That's all I can tell you. Good luck. He can't shoot. He doesn't play defense. He's a little bit long in the tooth. Remember the Oklahoma City Thunder days when it was Russell Westbrook, a young Russell Westbrook, a young James Harden, and a young Kevin Durant, and we thought they were going to win titles? They could not get along. So don't expect Russell to go back to the new to the uh, Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant. But maybe Kyrie ends up in L.A. He'd have to take less money. The Nets would probably pay a portion of this contract just to get rid of him. We'll talk with Rob Schaefer about all the uh, the monetary implications here with the Kyrie deal because it's, it's fascinating. He's w- one of the best ball handlers you've ever seen. When he plays, he is a top five player in the league. He's a top two or three guard in the league. 
I mentioned his numbers from last year when he played. 27.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, almost 6 assists a game. And they went out 4 games to none in the first round of the Boston Celtics. Why are the Lakers the only team interested in Kyrie? Well, think about it. What has he brought to Brooklyn? He missed games because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Um, I know he thinks the world is flat. I don't understand this dude. I don't get him. He his his message that he was opting in said, and I'm paraphrasing here. Normal people keep the world moving, but people that are different make make things. I don't know. You're not different. You took the money. Everybody would have taken the money. You're not different. Ah, Kyrie. And no, and when, when the Lakers are the only team that wants you, and by the way, Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year with LeBron, with an injured Anthony Davis, and with Russell Westbrook. They don't even come close to making the playoffs. Now, if Boston wanted him, Boston had him at one time, by the way. That didn't work out. Or if Cleveland, a good young up-and-coming team, or Detroit, a good young up-and-coming team who had a great draft, if they wanted him, that's a different story. He and LeBron didn't get along when they played in Cleveland. I can't imagine. And I look, I know LeBron wants to win another title. It's very important to him. And he, he realizes after this past year, he's probably not going to do that with Russell Westbrook. Anthony Davis, he's fragile. He's fragile. He plays about 10 games, and then he's out for about 30. That seems to be his norm. LeBron wants to win again, and if he thinks Kyrie can help him win again, maybe it works out. Can you imagine that roster? Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. They need a couple guys that can shoot because they don't have any there except for Kyrie. The other big news coming out today is DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. He wants out. The Suns want him out. The Suns have uh, extended a qualifying offer, uh, and we'll talk to Rob about this as well, for $16.4 million. It's a qualifying offer that will make DeAndre Ayton, former number one pick, a restricted free agent on July 1st. That's Friday. He'll be a restricted free agent, not unrestricted. Zach Levine's unrestricted. July 1st, he can go sign with anybody. DeAndre Ayton is a restricted free agent, and we'll talk to Rob about what that means, about Kyrie, about John Wall, about the draft. After the break, we'll talk to uh, Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago, about all of that. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. I heard it, I heard it on the Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Don't forget Bats Baseball tonight here on the Big X. Toledo Mudhens in Toledo. That's where the Bats are this week. 7.05 first pitch, 6.35. Nick Curran will have the pregame. No show tomorrow as a noon, ga- noon game tomorrow. 12.05 Bats and Toledo. 11.35 pregame tomorrow morning. So a quick turnaround for the Louisville Bats who have been uh, competitive 
comparably hot. They're not hot. They're not Atlanta Braves hot. They're not Golden State Warriors hot, but they've been hot lately. Uh, let's go to the M&M Courage Hotline, bring in Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago. Rob, how are you today? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Are you a movie guy, by the way? Do you watch movies? Uh, I, I can be. I can be. Have you seen Hustle on Netflix? No, and Dude. been it, the it, the reviews have been you know of the rave variety from everybody that I've heard from it. I, you know, it's apparently a great sports movie, but then a pretty good movie even outside Ant- of the sports. Anthony so. Edwards looks like an actor who they taught to play basketball. He's that good. It, that's amazing. I mean, he's what a talent uh, that kid is. Really, anything he does, and I heard that he actually taped that in between his rookie and sophomore season. So. He hadn't even really ascended to star status yet, and yet he has always carried himself like one. He's he's really impressive. He's a star in this movie. I'm just telling you, if you got two hours to kill, um, Katie's not bothering you. Watch some hustle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll all have right, to get on let's that. get to the NBA because it is busy right now. Let's start with Kyrie. When I booked you for the show, we did we didn't know he was going to opt in for thirty six and a half million, but he had to, right? Yeah, and honestly, if we were having this conversation and he hadn't opted in yet. My stance on this has kind of been from the beginning that this all kind of smelled like a leverage play from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, forcing the Nets' hand into making a long-term commitment to Kyrie, and the way you're going to do that, basically threaten to survey your options uh, around the league and try to pursue a trade, or maybe, you know, in Kyrie's case, he could have entered free agency and tried to sign somewhere else. But like you said, the reality of the situation is, and this comes into play with, you know, with, with uh, me on the Bulls beat, kind of covering the Zach Levine free agency yeah. layout, there just aren't teams with cap space that are contenders this, this offseason. Like, unless Kyrie Irving is really going to, you know, go try to get a max contract from the Orlando Magic or, or the San Antonio Spurs or, you know, you know teams of that variety, um, there aren't a ton of appealing destinations out there. And it seemed like the, the reporting was that his best option was going to be to take basically a $30 billion pay cut and go to the Lakers, who, uh, let's be real, I mean, from a basketball perspective, they're not in as good a place as this Nets team is as, as – as much as it looked like it was about to blow up, I still think that's a pretty inter- interesting team going into next season. So this ends in a logical place with Kyrie opting in. Um, Kevin Durant obviously is under contract for four more years, so, so it seems like he'll be there, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, but, you know, with Kyrie not under contract long-term, I would expect this to be a story again come maybe mid-season or next off-season. Uh, but for now, it, it seems like, you know, it's going to take a step back uh, from the forefront. I got to give Sean Marks and the Nets credit here. They didn't blink. They just said, if you can find a sign, sign and trade, go ahead. Yeah, and I give him credit for that, too. And really, I mean, what it has to stem from when you look at his availability issues, I mean, he's obviously been hurt. And then there was the vaccine thing with the mandates. He couldn't play or practice with the team because of that. He really played, Kyrie played a big part in last year's kind of how tumultuous it was for Brooklyn. So I empathize with the front office that they were basically put contingencies or put, put kind of conditions in place where, hey, if you aren't going to be available and you aren't going to be, you know, all in for the team here, we're trying to win a championship. Um, I completely empathize with them not having much more patience for that because it might have cost them having James Harden on the team. Um, you know, frankly, when you look at how talented that team was, but how they flamed out in the playoffs, it could have cost them a pretty deep playoff run this year. Um, so, you know, if I was them, you just don't want to waste any more years of Kevin Durant's prime or even Kyrie Irving's prime. So it it definitely makes sense to me that their patience kind of wore thin with them. Who plays more games, uh, this coming season, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. Oh my God. 
it's that's the toughest question in, in basketball right now. Uh, I will say Ben Simmons okay. only because when you know, we actually haven't seen Ben Simmons in a while, but he does not have, uh, other than this mysterious back thing, which who even knows what's up with that uh, towards the end of last season, he doesn't have a necessarily expansive injury history um, you know, before all of this, you know, year where he took off, like the holdout with the Sixers, you know, I think if both of them come into next season locked in and ready to go, I think there's more of a chance that Kyrie misses games for kind of knickknack injuries here and there than Ben Simmons. So I'll go Ben Simmons, but it's hard to feel good about either answer to that question. The Nets are one of the top five teams odds wise to win the title next year. I mean, Rob, let's be honest. They can be really good. Durant, Kyrie, Joe Harris will be back. Seth yeah, Curry yeah. is a shooter. And if Ben Simmons plays, they can be really, really good, right? No, I, I think they're going to be one of the best offensive teams in the league next year. They were even as disjointed as they were this year because of all that offensive talent you just listed. And then as much as I don't think they wanted to lose James Harden, you got a guy back and Ben Simmons, it's on paper with him, but he really seems like he would be a good fit with that team because, you know, his problem in Philly was he was always asked to do a little bit too much with the ball. He's not necessarily a shot creator. He's not a scorer. But with Brooklyn, he can facilitate offense for their other scores and then defensively, you know, be a kind of Swiss Army knife uh, and cover up for mistakes that they may have at that end of the floor. I mean, that's really what doomed them in the playoffs this year. You know, they were scoring on par with Boston in that first-round series, but they just couldn't get stops. So, I, I, you know, top five in title odds, I guess I'd have to go through the teams, but I certainly think that they will end up in the top half of the Eastern Conference this season, assuming the roster, you know, goes into next season what it is right now. And with the top-end talent they have, you, you have to give them as good a chance to win the title as anybody. I will tell you that the Warriors and the Clippers are the co-favorites right now. The Clippers going to get John Wall. He hasn't played yeah. in o over a year. Uh, what, what should they expect out of John Wall? I, I don't know what to expect out of John Wall, just because, like you said, he hasn't played in a year. But the, the good news for the Clippers is it's not as if you're bringing him in and your title hopes rest on him. I think he'd be... Uh, a good contributor, probably their backup point guard, I would imagine, would be the role for him. Um, you know, it, it's gravy if you can get anything from him, and it, you know, maybe it eases the load off your stars in the regular season. Uh, but I think that Clipper, Clippers team is going to be, you know, really, really, really good. And the strength of their team is the wings. I mean, obviously you have Kawhi and Paul George starting at the two and the three. And then, you know, even last year in a year they didn't make the playoffs, they used the trade deadline to add guys like Norman Powell, Robert Covington. They've got some pretty good bigs, good front court depth. Um, if Kawhi comes back even at 90% of what he was before he got hurt, I mean, he's in the best player of the league conversation when he's playing at his height. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely see them up there with your Golden States, your Milwaukee's. Uh, I guess you could throw Boston in there. Obviously, they were just in the finals. I, I think they're in that upper echelon, assuming everybody gets back healthy. Talking to Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago. You mentioned James Harden, um, $47 million with Philly coming up here. Uh, is it his option? Is it a team option? Where does he stand? So he's in a similar, from my understanding, he's in a similar situation to Kyrie where he could opt in and it's kind of a one-year deal, but you know he'll want to extend that, um, especially because at that number, you can extend it and exponentially raises over the course of a couple of years. Uh, I would not expect Philly to go full out, you know, four or five year max where you start getting up into like the $200 million guaranteed range. Just given, you know, I, I think he has something to prove this year, just physically, you know, if he's going to be able to hold up over the course of a full season, it looked like he was breaking down a little bit, um, especially as they flamed out in the playoffs in the second round. Um, so it's kind of unclear how that'll play out, but I, I do think if he ends up extending it, it I would expect Daryl Moore to push for something a little bit shorter, maybe a two or three year deal so that you're not on the hook, you know, and potentially 
um, Albatross territory four or five years down the line. But, I, you know, I, he'll be back in Philly next year for sure. I mean, they traded the farm to get him. Obviously, he's Daryl Morey's guy. And, you know, even if he's not prime Harden, he's still um, a pretty good partner for uh, Joel Embiid. And, and th- they'll be heard from in the Eastern Conference playoff race, too. I feel like Joel Embiid is, is all in on Tyrese Maxey, but not necessarily on James Harden at this point. Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll see how next season goes. Last year was so weird for them, and they, I mean, they had the the Tybal vaccine stuff too. And we'll see what happens with him. He's in trade yeah. rumors. They're, you know, reportedly the the top target uh, or the or the the favorite to land PJ Tucker. I think he'd be a really great veteran addition for them, provided he still has something left in the tank. Um, but I think the beauty of the Harden thing is you got him without giving up Tyrese Maxey. And and to me, he him and Embiid are the the future, like the long term future. Right of the franchise. Talk about a guy in his second season who really emerged as a star. Um, like he's, you know, the embodiment of kind of that next man up mentality that teams talk about. When Ben Simmons went down, your starting point guard is gone. Tyrese Maxey pops up and he's an 18 to 20 point a game scorer. He really showed up in the playoffs. So, you know, I think the hope for Philly is that him and Harden can kind of complement each other and maybe he could take some of the load off Harden in the regular season so he can be fresher some playoff time, so that's been a problem for him throughout most of his career. Explain uh, the DeAndre Ayton thing to me. The Suns uh, tender a $16.4 million qualifying offer. That will make him a restricted free agent on Friday. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And how does that work? Yeah. yeah, so extending that qualifying offer, it's a formality because by making Ayton a restricted free agent, the Suns now have the ability to, if he goes out and signs an offer sheet or a contract with any other team, they have the right to match that contract and bring him back. And I would not expect as much as there's speculation that his days in Phoenix could be numbered. Yeah. I'd be absolutely floored if they let him walk for nothing, especially because they have the ability to match any contract that he gets and bring him back. If he does go somewhere else, I would bet on a sign and trade, or I would bet on them matching just to trade him later. You, you can't let a number one pick, even if things didn't go well in the playoffs last year, there's a little bit of a rift with the coach. Maybe you think it's too much money for him you still can't let a number one pick and that type of talent and a guy who has that much value walk out the door for nothing when you're trying to contend for titles. Like you got to get something back yeah, there. I understand um, that, but, but boy, he and Monty Williams, that was, that was not, that was bad at the end of the year. Yeah. And but that's where the sign and trade comes in. Just try to get something back or yeah. again, like the match and try to try to get something later. Aiton is an interesting one though. Cause unlike Kyrie and unlike Levine or unlike some of these guys who you might think would want to go to contending situations, his restricted free agent, he's so young and he might want to be, you know, maybe the rift is that he wants to be, you know, a top, you know, a number one or a number two option on a team. Maybe he wouldn't mind going to a Detroit or a San Antonio or one of these teams that has cap space. So he'll be a little bit more of an interesting case to monitor. Um, but ultimately, I mean, if Phoenix lets them walk for nothing, I think that would, uh, that would almost be malpractice. Even if you don't want to keep him around long term, you got to get something back for him if you are going to let him go. Talking to Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago, Bulls, uh, Bulls expert. So let's get to your Bulls. Zach Levine, probably the maybe one of the, uh, if not the most desired free agent coming out here. Is he? What is the percentage is he's going to be back in Chicago? I know they want him, right? Yeah, they, they definitely want him. I mean, I put it over ninety at this point. Okay. There was a lot of smoke earlier in the off season of him, you know, exploring his options, and Zach, Zach is, you know, completely in his right to do that. This is the first time he's been an unrestricted free agent in his career. We talked about restricted free agency earlier. When he entered that earlier in his career, he was with the Bulls and they didn't offer him an extension. He went and got a contract from the Sacramento Kings and the Bulls basically begrudgingly matched it and brought him back. And 
I, I, I just, I know that that stuck with him and that's been something where, you know, he feels like he's underpaid. He certainly is. He's making under $20 million a year to be a two-time all-star. Um, yeah. So he definitely, you know, has and is exploring his options, but ultimately the Bulls have the ability to go to that five-year max. It's over $200 million. They value him very, very highly. It's why, you know, they brought in, you know, they acted aggressively to bring in guys like DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, uh, Nikola Vucevic. They wanted to win immediately with Zach Levine. They had the belief in him to do that. So he's a big, big part of their plans. I expect them and it's been reiterated at the draft by, you know, their GM and their executive vice president. Like they're, they are going to roll up the, you know, the Brinks truck for Zach Levine and he, they're going to offer him what they need to, to bring him back. And I do ultimately expect him to uh, be back. And, you know, obviously that's, you know, a massive piece for the bulls because you don't have him restricted. Like the, the, the possibilities out there yeah. or was out there that you could lose him for nothing. And, the way that this team is built, they, they really need him as a compliment to, uh, to DeMar DeRozan scoring-wise. So, um, you know, Bulls fans will obviously be locked into that eagerly when free agency opens, but I, I do expect them to be back. As well. I, I really like that roster. I think they're top five roster in the East if uh, they can get Levine back. Dalen Terry, this uh, rookie coming in, I like him a lot. I mean, this is, this is a top-notch roster, right? Yeah, I, I think the key is health. Right, this, this is a team that won 46 games last year. They were pretty non-competitive out in the first round of the playoffs. It's a bad matchup with the Bucks, but I do think you have to look at that critically and think, you know, are they really that close to being a contending team or where there are major additions that need to be made? But I think the way the Bulls are looking at it is, you know, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso each played less than half of the season, and they were so important to what they were doing defensively. Lonzo, offensively with his shooting, they were a really poor three-point shooting team down the stretch of last season. Lonzo's one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. I think if you even get marginal, marginally better health from those guys, even if you're not fully healthy all season, because no team could expect to be, if those guys are more healthy than playing, you know, less than half the season and Zach, you know, he was banged up down the stretch with his knee. If he's hundred percent healthy going into the next year, I kind of don't see if that team with all the adversity they faced last year, won 46 games, I kind of don't see why they wouldn't be in that 45 to 50 win conversation again, potentially a top four seed in the East. And if you can get home court in the first round series, Anything can happen, and I, I think that's kind of the, the, route, the, the route that they're taking, the avenue of, you know, let's just be in the conversation with some of these top teams, and then, you know, an injury breaks one way, you know, some luck goes our way here or there, and, you know, maybe they can find their, themselves in the second round of the conference finals. Uh, once again, New York Knicks fans were upset on draft night. Um, are they over that now? Because it appears there's a plan in place. Get rid of some of this uh, money we don't need and, and get Jalen Brunson in here. Yeah, my, my and I, I love I love Jalen Brunson. I mean, yeah, another me guy who really stepped up in the playoffs this year. Great, great score from the point guard position. I the Knicks have obviously been looking for the answer at point guard for a long time. I just I wonder if the Knicks are doing that Knicks thing again, where they <laughs> you know take such a narrow short term view of things. It has to it has to you know improve next year. We have to win next year. We have to make the playoffs next year. I think the Kings fall into this tunnel a little bit sometimes too. And as much as I love Jalen Brunson, I just don't know if you know, jettisoning a lottery pick and, you know, doing all the machinations that you have to do to clear that cap space is going to be worth paying him, you know, $25, $30 million a year over four years. I guess we'll see how it goes, but, but that's another team like the Derek Rose injury last year really derailed them. That's another team that I think you can make the argument if they're healthy, maybe they could get back up into that play in, you know, lower end of the playoffs conversation. Um, I'm just a little skeptical about their direction because I actually really like a lot of their young guys, and I wouldn't want to bury guys like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. I'd like to see Obi Toppin play more, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it'll be interesting to see where they go, but it certainly does seem like that's the direction with um, 
uh, with Brunson. Uh, you know, there's just, just a lot of smoke connecting him to the Knicks. Which team had the best draft? Oh, I loved uh, so I really loved Detroit's draft. Yeah, uh, to be honest, to get so obviously they didn't have to do anything. Ivy just fell to them. At Did five. Sacramento um, mess up there? Are the Kings so, going to look? Are they mess up a lot? But are they going to look back and say, oh, "Why did we take Keegan Murray over Jaden Ivey?" So the the problem is that I don't like evaluating a draft ninety six hours after it's made. We haven't even oh, seen that's guys the fun part the game yet. Of course. Um, that said, the Kings don't get the benefit of the doubt on a lot of this stuff. I don't think they necessarily deserve it. I thought Ivy should have been the pick there. I just think he's a higher upside guy. Um, fits, although Keegan, Keegan Murray is going to be a terrific NBA player. I mean, he really fits kind of that versatile two-way forward mold that so many teams are after. Ivy, just in terms of his physical gifts, his shot creation ability, I mean, I, I think he has the potential to really be a star. I think he's immediately a perfect fit next to Cade Cunningham. So they, they luck into that, you know, him falling to them, uh, a guy that a lot of people – I think some people would have said he's even a top three prospect, if not top four, falls to five. And then to maneuver and use that pick you get in the Jeremy Grant trade to potentially get a center of the future in Jalen Duran out of Memphis, I think he has a lot of potential. He's obviously super athletic, pretty versatile defensively, can guard the perimeter, def- uh, defend the rim. He's, you know, coordinated. He's got a little passing ability, too. Like, I, I think he has a lot of upside. And all of a sudden, you look at what Detroit's building, and you look at a starting lineup that is Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, and Sadiq Bay in it. I don't think they're making the playoffs next year, but in two to three years, you know, there could be something interesting going on um, in Detroit. So I, I really like what they were able to do in terms of maneuvering in the lottery. Uh, Brian Carroll goes first instead of uh, Jabari Smith. Did you see that coming? I, I don't think anybody did, uh, including Paolo Bancaro and <laughs> Jabari Smith. The Magic <laughs> did such a good job of hiding their intentions. Uh, but ultimately, you know, if that's their guy, if he's the top of their board, you have to do that. And I think there's a case. I think those top three guys are so hard for me to differentiate between because they all are unique. They all have plenty and plenty of pros um, to their game. Uh, but I think Bancaro, you know, as a scorer at his size, 6'10", he's going to fit in nicely uh, with Orlando down there, him and Franz Wagner. And, you know, they've obviously got a bunch of guards and a bigs. Um, they've kind of got to figure out which of their young guys they're going to fully invest in long term. Another team like Detroit is probably two or three years away. Um, but, I, you know, I'd be pretty excited if I was a Magic fan, too, just because they have so many of these young guys who could pan out if you even, you know, hit on 50 to 60 percent of them. You could have a really good team in a couple years. Rob, thank you as always. We're up against the clock, but I appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Stay, uh, stay cool. Watch Hustle, by the way. Go watch Hustle. I'll do it immediately. Thanks, Sean. All right. Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago. Writer writes about the Bulls, has a podcast about the Bulls, so you can look him up on, on Twitter. Also a White Sox reporter right now as well. His White Sox are not doing very well. We'll take a break. Come back. I've got a great NIL story. Also, uh, the new football model in the ACC, which will start in 2023. We'll talk about that and some more NBA. Why not? Listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is still open, 502-384-1450. You'd like to be part of the show, 384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long with the grand prize of a 2022 Chevrolet Tahoe. 
Simply open up your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can also enter by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, hot dogs, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, text REWARDS to 80313 today. That's the Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. To become a rewards member, text rewards to 80313. Beautiful day out there. Gonna get hot again. I'm golfing Thursday. I thought I'd wait till the hottest afternoon of the week to uh, get out on the golf course. I'm not a smart man. But uh, if you're out there, don't forget to wear your Shady Rays. Let me tell you about Shady Rays, an independent American owned company started in Kentucky, changing the way you wear sunglasses. Shady Rays offers an industry best combination of fit, style, and performance. Without the big brand price tag, it does not stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. You lose them, you break them, your grandma sits on them when she's uh, trying to get to the chair to watch your favorite soap opera. They'll replace them for you free of charge. Also, Shady Rays provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. You can try them out, see what they're all about, and use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That's ShadyRays.com. Some uh, news and notes, baseball news and notes. I didn't mention this yesterday. It just uh, sort of got by me, but Bryce Harper got hit by a pitch, broke his thumb. He is going to be out. He's now going to have surgery, it was announced today, to repair his broken left thumb. And it was his buddy, Blake Snell of the Padres, fastball up and in. Uh, you could tell right away, as soon as uh, Harper went down and was holding his hand, this was not going to end well. Um, these two are good friends, and Snell was looking in like, man, that's got away from me. And Harper was irate, but he, he looked out at Blake Snell and said, hey, I'm just mad about the thumb. We're good. You're fine. Don't worry about it. But uh, this kills the Phillies' chances. Bryce Harper was 14 to 1 to be MVP in the National League. He's now 70 to 1. That is if he gets back this year. Again, going to have surgery today to repair that broken left thumb. Um, MLB trade deadline is August 2nd this year. That didn't stop the Royals and the Mariners. The Royals traded Carlos Santana, former All Star first baseman, to the Mariners. Uh, I don't know why Seattle wanted Carlos Santana. The Mariners. I wouldn't say they're exactly in the race. I mean, that might be mean-spirited, but the Mariners are um, in fourth place in the American League West. They're 34-41, and 41, 12 and a half games behind the Houston Astros. They are also behind Texas and the uh, Los Angeles Angels in the West. So, look, it's a great addition. That offense in Seattle got a lot better there, but... I'm not sure what it means. And does it also mean that the Kansas City Royals have given up? Yeah, they should. They're 26 and 46. By the way, we have our first 50 loss team in baseball. The Oakland Athletics, who led 5 to 1 last night, lost to the Yankees 9 to 5. Oakland is now 25 and 50. That's not good. Uh, other baseball last night, Washington beat Pittsburgh 3-2. to Mikel Franco, two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth to win it for the Nationals. I mentioned the Yankees. The Yankees trailed that game 5-1, to but New York is now 54-20 and on the season. 
Toronto beat Boston 7-2. That ends Boston's seven-game winning streak. St. Louis shut out Miami 9 to nothing. Juan Yepes, a couple of home runs, the rookie for the Cardinals. And Adam Wainwright, he might be 68 years old, but he went seven innings last night, seven hits, nine strikeouts in the shutout. Colorado shut out the Dodgers. Kind of had a feeling that was coming. The Dodgers coming out of Atlanta after winning two out of three, the Freddie Freeman reunion tour. Everybody's all happy and, go, and merry, and they win that extra inning game on Sunday night. And they lay an egg in Colorado last night. Chad Cool, complete game three hitter, five strikeouts to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. Angels uh, got two in the seventh to beat the White Sox 4-3. Taylor Ward, a two-run double. That was the game winner. Baltimore over Seattle 9-2. Reds back in action tonight, 8-05 in Chicago to take on the Cubs in Wrigley Field. Louis Castillo, 2-4 and four with a 371 ERA against Keegan Thompson of the Cubs. Keegan Thompson may be the only bright spot the Cubs have. He's 7-2 and two with a 3.10 ERA. The Cubs are 28-45. The Reds are 25 and 47, two and a half game lead Cubs over the Reds for last place in the National League Central. Big series starts tonight, Houston and the Mets in New York. Uh, remember, Houston's coming off that four game set in Yankee Stadium in New York where they led all but one inning uh, in regulation, but they split the four game series. Houston, the Yankees never had a lead in this series. In regulation, until the ninth inning of the first game, they scored four and one at seven to six. They lost three one game two. They lost and got no hit in game three of the series, three to nothing. And then they trailed the entire game uh, in the fourth game of the series before getting a tenth uh, inning walk off home run from Aaron Judge. So, look, I still Yankees are the team to beat, but I really like Houston in that American League right now. And they're going to get a test tonight. Houston and the Mets tonight uh, in New York. A couple of first-place teams. Framber Valdez will go for the Astros tonight. And I'm trying to see who is going for, going to pitch for the Mets tonight. Carlos Carrasco. So good pitching matchup. Uh, Mets a slight favorite in that game. All right, NIL News. Quarterback Jaden Rashada may earn $9.5 million in his NIL deal. It's an agreement with Miami booster John Ruiz, uh, the uh, recruit quarterback, young man, going to get $9.5 million from this NIL deal. The NCAA had no idea this was going to get so high. And now, again, I said this before, it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's hard to get the horses back in the barn once they break free here. Nine and a half million. If Jaden Rashada can earn nine and a half million dollars in one year in an NIL deal, how much is Arch Manning going to get when he gets to Texas? The newest recruit, the newest commitment to the Texas Longhorns, the nephew of of uh, Peyton and Eli, the grandson of Archie Manning, and the son of Koopa, Koopa Manning. How much money is this kid going to get? And will the Mannings actually allow him to get that money? Or will Uncle Peyton and Uncle Eli say, no, 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 you're going to play football. You don't need an NIL deal. They've got money. Arch doesn't have to worry about money. Just play football. We want you to focus on football. And then when you get drafted, then you can make all the money you want. 
I doubt that that's what's going to happen. Kind of like Kyrie Irving. It's hard to. It's going to be hard to tell this kid, turn down the $20 million NIL deal you're going to get. Now, that's still two years away. But are things going to change in college football so that he doesn't get tw- offered $20 million and he can't take $20 million? I don't think the NCAA has that much power anymore. The new ACC football format is out for 2023. It doesn't affect anything in this upcoming season. But the model is simple. There are no more, there's no more Atlantic division and coastal divisions. All 14 teams are in the same, same uh, division, I guess, the same conference, just ACC football. It's a 3-5-5 model, which means you play the same. It's a four-year deal. You play the same three teams every year. Then you also play the other five teams one year and the other five teams the next year. And then you go back, and then you go back again. But the three consistent teams, and if you're a Louisville fan, who are the three teams you want to play every year? Well, you don't want to play Clemson every year. That's probably a loss. Who do you want to play? They got Georgia Tech. All right. Cardinal fans smiled at that. Okay, Georgia Tech. They got Virginia. All right. We're good with that. We'll take Virginia, right? And the Miami Hurricanes who just got a $9.5 million NIL deal with an incoming quarterback. It's not Florida State. It's not North Carolina. It's not NC State. And the most important part, as I mentioned, it's not Clemson. This is a good thing for Louisville. You're going to play Georgia Tech, Miami, and Virginia. Now, when 2026 rolls around, and I'm rolling around in my grave at the time, here's the Cardinal schedule. They got Notre Dame. They got Georgia. They got Clemson. They got Florida State. They got Kentucky. Yikes. Yikes, right? But this 3-5-5 model, this is not the last conference going to do this, right? They're all going to eventually do this. SEC is going to do it. The Big 12 has to do it, already has it, and the Pac-12 is going to have to do it as well. That's just the way it is. All right, don't forget Bats Baseball tonight at Toledo. Uh, Nick Kern will bring you all the action, 635 pregame, 705 first pitch. No show tomorrow, 12.05 first pitch for the Bats. Thursday, we'll have Movie Thursday. Other sports, other than football, basketball, baseball, golf, and and, uh, boxing. I'll send the texts out tonight, and we'll do Movie Thursday. Sports movies, not with the big sports. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.